Welcome to Build Not Born, a series presented by Webengate Startup Program. I am Azra. I manage the client success team at Webengate. We have a very special guest today who is an entrepreneur, an angel investor, a founding partner at India Quotient, a leading early stage VC firm in India. He is known for his adage, entrepreneur is the king, not the VC. And I'm quite intrigued by his Twitter handle, IQwala Anandonia. Please welcome Mr. Anandonia. Yeah. Welcome Sometimes on. you have to ascribe IQ to yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's true, it's, that's true. Yeah. So um, today, we, I'm very excited to learn certain things from you. And I think today's topic that we want to start off as a series is building fundamentally strong businesses using the power of user attention. Right. Um, so now while we are talking about attention and the startup ecosystem, um, while you've seen a lot of them, uh, you know, off late, what is your, uh, you know, uh, a lot of startups focus on acquisition than retention. It is just like, you know, pouring uh, water in a crack bucket, which will eventually lead to uh, leakage. So um, acquisition cannot go without retention. So how do these retention-led modes, um, you know, separate winners from losers? What's your uh, take on that? Yeah. So, uh, very good point, right? A lot of good products have succeeded in winning customer love, but the companies have failed. Mm. Why? Because they were not viable. Right. And when you drill down deeper, they were not viable because they were probably spending too much on uh, marketing, etc., etc. And again, to reduce the cost of marketing, they were discounting too much. Definitely. Either which ways, you know, it's the same problem. I think, you know, the underlying cause has been that people have not treated marketing like a science. It's a, traditionally, it was some sort of an art. I mean, it has been a science, you know, practiced by larger companies like PNG and Hindustan Lever and all of that. Right. But in general, the perception, you ask, like, you know, your crew or your, your colleagues, right? They'll say it's it's an art, it's an art, right? And uh, that's sort of also what the founder believes. Right? He'll, he'll like want the best coder, and uh, you know the, the best product manager. But marketing guy, he has to be an artist, right? <laughs> and that's the problem. The other thing is that you know a lot of founders, particularly startups, they think that the moment I get money, marketing problem will be solved, mm. which is not true, right? It's not just about money, and you push everything else that you can do with uh, marketing scientifically, you push that away saying that, you know, I will do all of that when I get money. And then when you get money, you simply want to spend money. Definitely. That's not working. Definitely, yeah. And, uh, and I think that's the key difference. Uh, founders definitely do a lot of research, put a lot of their heart into building a good product. And it's sad to see that sometimes products are very well loved. Companies have very high NPS. But their marketing, their retention, they can't you know, sell again to the same customer. They're not able to use social media to acquire the customer, not able to convert the customers well. All of these simple things, you know, they they are a large cause, a big cause to, you know, them not surviving. Got it. Yeah, I think like you mentioned about these folks, the startup uh, folks, you know, spending a lot of their uh, money into marketing. Is there a way, um, you know, in your career, have you seen an aggressive growth uh, that people can do without risking running out of cash? Because one trend that we've actually seen is funding after funding, funding after mm -hmm. funding. That might not necessarily be a success metric, 
uh, to see but what do you feel that you know is there a way to aggressively grow uh, just keeping in mind that yeah i'm not no, going to i mean see founders are in a multiplayer game uh, you are competing with every other founder even if they are not competing with you on the same product but i oh that founder in that business raised a lot of money so i also have to raise a lot of money Definitely. so you were sort of running that race yeah and in that race you forget that you actually have a real business to build yes. which should be profitable <laughs> which should be you know have having long term customers happy employees you know and happy shareholders right you you forget about that and you think that oh if i grow very aggressively then it sort of boils down to can i spend more money yeah right? and when your mindset is that can i spend more money or the reverse i will be successful if i spend more money if that's how you think you are not thinking of how to spend money efficiently how to spend money wisely how to spend money scientifically how to review the results of my money scientifically i'm not thinking like that i'm i'm in a mindset to spend more uh, it doesn't play out unfortunately you know uh, in the consumer brands you know you have seen uh, fashion brands about 2007 company called inkfruit one of the first d2c companies in the country purely online and did it very well uh, product uh, they're selling t-shirts designed by designers crowdsourced designs all of that and uh, when they got money their focus was on growing faster mm. not efficient growth just grow rapidly somehow and uh, 10 years later i talked to the founder and said okay now that you know you were very very objective about what went wrong right in your heart what did you do wrong Right. He said, "Anand, we didn't spend the marketing budget efficiently." Mm-hmm. That was a single line he said. Although I felt a lot more things went wrong, but in the founder's mind, and he's right, you know, he went through it. And after ten years, you don't you don't try to defend yourself, right? You you will be very objective. Right? He said, "I didn't spend the marketing money efficiently." Definitely. And that's the beauty of an answer that you know uh, we see that happening so many times, right? It's sort of difficult to imagine when a company is loved by consumers. it's a high margin business how do you how do you sort of you know fail it's very difficult right yeah you build the product customers love the product you know uh, you discovered how to sell it but uh, somehow you're not able to run the whole thing efficiently it's Definitely. a shame uh, i think uh, fast growth is a little bit of a challenge uh, the other thing that you know people need to focus on is the power of compounding you need to spend enough time on working a marketing engine right? uh, i talked about science and marketing but you need to give yourself the time to develop the science right for every industry every product there will be a different kind of science different kind of metrics you have to give enough time to it right? and and to that extent i would say that the marketing teams in the company right should be seen as a technical team not an artistic team uh, that's the differentiation i would like to make right nice interesting i think uh, that's a very interesting thought of you uh, talking about this and it's a good example of a promising uh, you know startup struggle uh, because of all of these things yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, we've seen that you've invested in uh, you know uh, very successful startups um, like sharechat lending cart and uh, you know sugar cosmetics and you've invested in sugar when they were not doing yeah. uh, that well yeah. so what do you feel that you know your winners do differently you know winners uh, first of all winners care about efficiency like i said more importantly winners care about lasting long 
they just want to survive right it's very important uh, uh, i'll talk about my portfolio but let me bring in nika here right uh, there was a tweet when uh, falguni nayar brought two of her kids onto the board presentation for investors and all of that just before the ipo right right and they are having cxo roles in the in the company and uh, some people were trying to hint about nepotism that you know uh, there's a lot of nepotism and she's bringing her kids into the company i say okay. the reverse right she cares about the company long enough right yes. she wants the company to survive for ages and she's built it that way hmm she's built it very efficiently nika hasn't spent a lot of money in marketing and she's built a category in cosmetics right under the nose of mintra flipkart and amazon and and uh, the answer is very clear she wants to build a company that will be held by her family for generations right i don't think a lot of founders you know think that way they're like uh, like i said you know they're playing a game a multiplayer game you are competing to raise more money hmm. every time you dilute more you spend more you disregard efficiency you actually feel i've achieved something i've spent so much money and uh, that's the, not the right way to build a lasting company definitely if the first goal should, of the founder should be i got a good product i'm going to survive now and eventually when i survive in the long run i will make money and and that money will come to me and uh, because customers love my product and my growth rate should be a function of what is efficient what is going to survive what is going to scale and most companies have a j curve where you go slowly you learn and once a inflection point comes and you grow faster right hmm. it's important to be patient during that phase of slower growth because you are learning yeah. not not because you know you are lazy and you don't want to grow fast you are uh, consciously investing time in learning right that's very important and most founders are happy to spend one or two years because they have a 50 year view i have to build this company for 50 years what's the rush right i will do it properly i will do it uh, uh, with the proper software proper technology every function has to be responsible has to be measured and let me do it properly right that's the difference i agree i think uh, while you're talking about efficiency and you know growth and over startups lasting for 50 years and the vision of that right um we've seen a pandemic uh, come through and every startup every domain has acted very differently mm-hmm. so uh, what are your views how does one compete during these times uh, is there a generic view of that or you know what do you feel is your take on such things on competition you know first of all uh, competition if you have a good product right the country is so large the markets are completely shifting in the favor of online companies uh sometimes we compete for the sake of competing you know we enjoy right. you know one of my founders told me uh sir this is getting too simple we are growing very easily very comfortably uh we are not enjoying you know uh humko jung ladni hai you know we want to fight i like why do you want to fight you have a very good company it's growing rapidly you're profitable also and and you are not happy because it's profitable it doesn't seem like a struggle right yeah yeah so so first of all it may be chances are that there is no competition yeah chances are also that you could define your market your customers your product in a way 
that actually the competition doesn't apply to you. Right? Mm. You are in a different space. Your competition in a different space. It's a third thing is also possible that the larger competitor is trying to come after you, which yeah. is a real thing, right? I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It happens a lot. Uh, there's a lot of money coming into India. Post-pandemic markets have grown very rapidly. The negative side of that is that a lot of money has come into India. And to that extent, a lot of companies, you know, if you look at EdTech, for example, yeah. if you look at gaming, for example, mm. a lot of larger companies are trying to encroach each other's turfs. And uh, even in FinTech, for example, right, people are trying to encroach each other's turfs. Mm. If, if that's happening, you need to carve your market, first of all, create a fortress, create a moat around your existing business. And you need to sort of scale down your aspirations in terms of how much footprint you want to have in the market eventually. Right? Some, and, and we have often seen that you know, a competitor who is crazily going after your business, mm. in good times, in times of plenty of money, in bad times they will go away from your business. Right? You just need to be calm, patient, hang on and simply outlive the competition. Uh, the mantra for me is the only way you beat competition is outlive them. Yeah. In Indian startup market, the best part is that 90% of well-funded companies are on a mode of self-destruction. Uh, they want to self-destruct, they want to grow very rapidly, they want to spend all their money and they want to kill themselves. Yeah. The 10% smart people, right? even if they are in intense competition, if they simply are around, in two or three years, they will be the only ones left. Mm. And we are seeing this in many, many spaces, right? Yeah. A company hibernates for two years, the competition kills itself and the company comes back again. And, and that's the beauty that, you know, uh, at the same time, you could use other tactics like, you know, carving a niche for yourself, you know, creating a moat for yourself. But I would say, most importantly, hang on to what you have, right? Retain your customers, mm. milk them more, give them more value, learn more about them. Definitely. And that's where, again, I, I come back that we're not applying science to these things. Right? Right. We think technology is isolation, marketing is isolation, product is isolation, you know, uh, growth is a separate function of raising money. It's not. Growth is a function of doing things smartly mm. and efficiently. And uh, that's the beauty. I, I mean, a, a lot of founders don't use the latest tools available. Right? Mm. And they sort of say, yeah, those people are spending some money on Google and let them spend some money on Google. Right? And it's sort of, you know, uh, like, okay, you guys are spending money, sometimes you're not spending money. You have to design, uh, put proper emphasis and empower the marketing teams, right? right. Uh, we're seeing very good marketing teams coming up now, but I think uh, top management needs to empower them properly. Got it. I think that's a very interesting uh, thought piece that you told about patience, right? Uh, a lot of founders need to have patience. Just uh, I just remembered an analogy of uh, the butterfly and the cocoon over here. Yeah. Wherein, uh, when you want to remove, the butterfly struggles in the cocoon and you just want to remove it because you can't see the struggle. Yeah. Right. And then, um, but what happens later is it becomes weak and you know, yeah. sustainability is a problem. You have to go through the cocoon phase. Yeah. 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 You can't, can't shorten it. Definitely. Yeah, you have to live through it. Yeah. So, so while we are talking about this cocoon phase, so uh, you know, just talking about generally in startups, uh, applying the same analogy in startup world as well. Um, what do you feel are the cultural implications? You know, um, that a startup has to go through when they just want to grow aggressively via shortcuts and 
Uh, you know, you have to build your rails of growth, right? I mean, uh, everything, every aspect has to be numbers driven. And uh, you don't grow till you get your numbers in control. Right. Uh, compounding growth is a function, a mathematical function, right? And and if you are inefficient, if you are loss making, your losses will compound. And in good markets, sometimes these these are supported by fundraising, but uh, sometimes they are not. Right? Right. And these are cyclical things. If you want to envision a company which will outlast yourself, right? Or like. If I have 50 more years to live, and my company should be lasting longer than my life, you know, I will have to create a very strong foundation. And and the strong foundation. I mean, there are models like OKRs, and you know, I mean, I I hate to say that, but a lot of founders are not building a a solid matrix foundation from the day one. Right? Mm-hmm. In fact, every time I hear somebody saying, you know, uh, my company has. One billion nanoseconds of views, right? Or one billion seconds of views. Right? Those are fake metrics, right? You have to design the right metrics, focus on the right things. Right? Uh, the second part is that you know, in growth, a lot of focus ends up being on acquiring new customers, right? Yeah. That's not how you build a company. You, the best companies in the world are built on the foundation of loyal customers, right? Definitely. Yeah. It can be a small set. Right? I mean, if you look at companies like Beardo, for example, right? Mm. I mean. Uh, Probably the number of people who use beard products, right? Just four or five years ago, that number was very small. And suddenly, a few cricketers started sporting beards, and that market exploded. Now, in in that kind of a scenario, if that company was thinking that I will not focus only on beards five years ago when beards were not a big thing, let me build something for else for for another segment and all of that, right? Instead of building a very loyal fan following in one area and saying that okay, this market will open up, uh, spreading yourself too thin, you know, can sometimes be counterproductive. Yeah. Uh, and second thing is, you know, uh, loyalty is not just about giving discounts to your old customers. I mean, that's like a cheapest trick. I mean, of course, you should, but that's it's not about that. It's yeah. about being on the top of their mind, right? Yes. How do you make sure that they know about you, what you are doing, you know about what they are doing? You understand from their behavior, and uh, and all of that. I mean, I mean, the good part is, in an online business, uh, retention and uh, long-term value, uh, knowing your loyal customers, all of that is much easier. However, I think uh, online companies, startups, are using less science mm. than a PNG or Unilever. You know? yeah. That's the sad part. Got it. Got it. No, I, that's definitely the you know need of the R to you know use modern tools and equipments, and that is where I think you know talking about our conversation, um, I just wanted to highlight about the Webbingate startup program right. 2.0 that we currently have. Um, we are launching. Uh, we've almost launched the Webbingate startup program 2.0, and it's bigger and better than last time. Yeah. Um, the kind of uh, you know things that we are getting in terms of you know focus in in terms of the key metric area client success and um, um, you know getting startups on board to use the retention not just focus on acquisition becomes very important uh, yeah. in this scenario so um, like as per your uh, you know um, since you've been a good successful vc what do you suggest your startups to you know use in terms of marketing and you know, what's your thought i think uh, 
the good part about a program like this, what what you guys are doing at WebEngage, right, is not just about how to learn to use the tools of WebEngage, right. It's about getting into the whole mindset, right, of what is the role of marketing, right. What kind of science can I use in marketing? What tools are available? And how do I really make a very solid engine of growth? Right? It's about that. And, and we have to view it in, in the entirety. And I think that's the beauty of the program. And which is a good thing because, you know, if you, if you look at some successful tools, for example, you know, there was a statistical tool called SPSS. One of the oldest statistical tools, very popular. But the thing is that, you know, you need people to know statistics first. And then you, you learn how to use the tool, right? right. And, and to that extent, the gap today, like I said, is that, you know, what is being taught in business schools is marketing for FMCG companies, right? And nobody is teaching marketing for online companies. Mm. And that's the beauty of your program, right? I think, I think that's what you're, you're doing here. And uh, I'd like uh, marketing executives, I'd like uh, even founders to take part in the program. Yeah. And... Uh, just to sort of the, the objective should be to get in the right frame of mind right. as far as marketing is concerned, as far as both is concerned. Definitely. And the practice of success also comes in picture, the consultative approach that we do over here. Um, also, um, I mean, while we've spoken about these startups using our program, any suggestions that you have for us um, while we are running this program, that'd be great. We just want to hear from no, you. No, uh, I think you, you guys are doing a great job already. Uh, no. Sometimes uh, you need to sort of get a win from the founders, right? Uh, it'll be good to address the founders, get into their mind, and 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 get them used to the right uh, tools, right mindset, uh, carving out right teams, empowering their own marketing teams in the right way, right? Right. Uh, I'm sure that you're doing a lot of work for the marketing teams themselves but they need support yes. in getting buy-in from the top management. The other thing you need to do is create some case studies, right? And I think uh, you guys have a few case studies already, but we need case studies on both the sides, right? And I know it will be controversial, but uh, it will be good to see where, you know, marketing plans of some startups fail, right? Right. Uh, because people need to see the contrast. Hmm. And that's sort of, you know, it's a little bit of a taboo subject. We don't talk a lot about contrast, right? It'll be good. Maybe maybe you discuss behind closed doors, not public domain. Right. But it'll be good to dissect why some companies failed and what went wrong. Right. right. Yeah. No, I agree. I think uh, we'll take you know, I'd like to see the tech stack, the marketing stack yeah. of companies that failed. Right. It'll yeah. be good to compare, right? Right. Yeah, uh, good to see the data. Right. And, and then probably, you know, we'll have a better proof of uh, how it was working. Right. Just one last question, maybe on a personal note, I just wanted to ask. What do you, what is that one thing that you see? Your Twitter handle also says, uh, you know, um, ideas not dicks. While you're investing in, um, uh, you know, startup, what is that one thing is like, ye nahi hai to chalega nahi. One thing? So, I'll give you an example, okay. Uh, you know, there are some companies which are of immense value. Uh, like I use a Gillette razor as a guy, right? I'm sure a lot of us use Gillette razors. That is something that you don't change ever, right? You start using it and you're like, okay, I'm done for the rest of my life. Right? You just don't change it ever. Right? Uh, if you enjoy wearing Crocs, right? you get hooked on to Crocs, it's very comfortable next to your skin and all of that, right? And then there are some things, some businesses 
which you will probably not mind changing the brand. Uh, I know some people like their candies or, or chocolates like Ferrero Rocher very well, but I, for one, for example, I'm not particular. I mean, if I want to eat a sweet, I'll eat any sweet, right? Uh, fashion, for example, I'm not very particular. I want a T-shirt, I'll buy any brand of T-shirt which is sort of you know fitting me or available handy or whatever. Uh, but a razor rarely changed, and some things become so so much a part of a daily life that you stop looking at the prices, you stop looking at, a, at a, any competition, you are never in the market to change that. Right? I'd say cosmetics, I'd say razors, personal use items, they are top of the list in how much loyalty they have. And some other things don't have as much loyalty. Or for example, like buying a fan in the house, right? I mean, like, you, I mean, you, you are not a, going to be a loyal customer of a you know, fan brand, right? Because anyways, you'll probably buy one fan every three, four years, five years, right? Uh, and, and that's the way I would, I would look at, right? Uh, and the beauty is that, you know, if your business is a very high repeat business, mm. you today now in an online world, the amount of science you can apply to it and uh, amount of efficiency you can bring, right? Uh, that's the beauty of that business, right? So the way I look at it is that, you know, is it a very high repeat, highly sticky business? Is it a lifetime business? You have to acquire the customer only for once and then simply retain him. And then can I use technology and tools to disrupt, to make the business very, very efficient, right? That's the lens I would apply. Got it. Interesting. While talking about these businesses that you're investing in on stickiness and, you know, earlier I think they might show early signs of, uh, uh, you know, a very promising startup, but uh, later they might struggle. Um, yeah. So how do you navigate through that situation? Well, I mean, you know, a startup has to give itself three, four years, right? Uh, I haven't seen too many people really feeling uh, after surviving for three years, right? Uh, that's the hump, right? And and you have a founders have to give that much time. Hmm. After that, you find a niche. Right? It may not be a very large niche. Hence, you may want to wind up the company, you want to sell the company. That's separate. But it's difficult to fail if you survive long enough. Right? And, and that's the key. You have to last long. You have to give, saying that I'm doing this because I'm giving a lifetime to this, right? You can't say, oh, I will build a company, I'll sell in five years, I'll become rich and retire uh, on a beach. It doesn't work that way. Of course. You give it long enough, it's very difficult to fail. Right. The, the amount of opportunities that we have in India, uh, very difficult to fail. Right. Got it. No, I think uh, those are some great insights that we've got from you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, you know, for giving us your time and uh, I've personally learnt a lot from you. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. No, you are doing a great job at WebEngage. Uh, a lot of uh, our companies use WebEngage, I'm very happy. And I'm hoping that another you know, program will be very successful. Uh, and, and I'm actually now excited this time to even take a look at some of the startups that joined the program. Great. So looking forward to it. Thank great, you very much. Great. Thank you so much.